0: Welcome to the Thundercast, your martial athletics podcast produced by the fans, for the fans, with your hosts, Russ Livingood and KD Hudnall. We're bringing you the thundering word on the thundering herd each and every week. So keep it right here. The Thundercast is on the loose. Ah, Thanks for downloading another episode of the Thundercast. Twitter has apparently survived, so you can follow us on Twitter at Thundercast underscore pod. That's a big sigh of relief for me anyway. I really was not looking forward to potentially having to intricately learn another social media outlet, but, hey, you got to do what you got to do. Also, head over to Facebook. Give us a like at uh, the Thundercast page over there. And please, please head over to YouTube and subscribe to the Thundercast YouTube channel. Uh, We're really trying to grow that audience over there because uh, we really – Enjoy putting out these video podcasts. Uh, I, I don't remember what it was in the last episode, Rush, that you did, but I said for the folks that were watching, you had some gesture or some stick your it, tongue stick, out or stuck something. Stuck my <laughs> stuck my tongue out and went. <laughs> it was just kind of funny. So uh, if you're not watching these in the video format, you're really kind of missing out on some uh, comedic versions there. That's uh, pretty awesome. So well,
1: t- tell them what they're missing out on right now. Oh yeah, tonight.
0: About. Like okay, so. This is not like an every week thing, but Russ is showcasing it now. So if you're not watching, you need to go over and click the link and check out the video podcast because we've got a little bit of a clothing sponsor for this week's episode. Uh, so some local flair on two fronts, a, a Marshall Camden Park mashup tee from uh, a seller on Facebook called part of is it part of this complete breakfast
1: yeah and you can find it on their threadless account is the best uh threadless page it's part of this complete breakfast yeah uh this is uh, a marshall guy uh he no longer lives in the area he just moved away from work but uh, um it, you've probably seen a couple of his shirts around here. It's like mm-hmm. man those are badass you know yeah. and uh we happen to know someone that had uh had these and you've had a couple yeah. over the years. Yeah. But uh this is a great shirt. It's uh looks like the uh Camden Park clown, but it's Marco for those of you that are not on there. And it says games, tailgating, fun for all. Heard Nation Park. Uh looks just like the Camden Park sign, but it's not. So yeah. there's no there's no copyright laws there. Uh, but yeah. Head over to part of this complete breakfast put in an order. They've got an entire section of Marshall related gear.
0: Yeah, and some just like old school vintage Huntington type stuff. Yeah, uh, there, yeah there's really. there's some cool, cool stuff on there. I own several of the shirts from there, and uh including I have that one and I'd worn it out already. I had it in the black version of the t-shirt, same design, and I just wore it out because it was so awesome uh i also have what is it oh i used to work remember back in the day i used to work at the old uh, rebels and redcoats restaurant after Mm -hmm. it became just a bar Mm -hmm. and there was a t he sells a t-shirt that has the the sign out front the logo the uh Mm -hmm. from rebels and redcoats so i bought one of those just for an old throwback but i guarantee if you peruse through the store you'll be like man this is awesome this is kind of taking me back so uh highly recommend that you go there thanks to uh a part of your complete bre- part of this complete breakfast dot threadless.com uh, for sponsoring the the freaking wardrobe uh, this week uh, if you, I mean that's that's just awesome hopefully we can shove some customers over that way uh, at least to look at the collection but look uh, we've got a big recap to get to Georgia Southern and uh what a game that one was. We'll get into all of that. We've got those five things that we'll talk about. It's another a split content episode this week because it's a holiday weekend or a holiday week. And, um, you know, we just don't want to churn out another three hour episode. But we, we're getting down to the nitty gritty and we got a lot to talk about. So before we get into all of it, let's get a word from our sponsor at 304carrec.com. If you've been injured in a car wreck, visit 304carwreck.com on the web or on Facebook. What happens when an Ohio driver crashes into a West Virginia driver in Kentucky? That can be a mess. But if you can dream it up, Jason and Matt have probably been there, done that, and gotten their clients paid. Don't fight the insurance companies alone. Contact Jason and Matt at 304carwreck.com. Okay, Russ, it is the beginning of a very busy week, what with the holiday Thanksgiving's fastly approaching. We've got a football game at the end of the week. We've got some basketball games throughout the week. We've got a lot going on. We've got soccer also this week. It's going to be a very heavy around the herd in a couple days, which is why another reason we're splitting content this week. But look, let's start this episode off like we always start every episode off with five things that every herd fan needs to know.
1: Absolutely. And just like every week, these are brought to you by IgniteLink, the Tri-State's premier IT management team. Number one, we've talked about the Thunder Trust on here. We've talked about NIL on here. Got a couple of new NIL opportunities that's popped up over the last week or so. One is the Herd Exchange. The other is the Brander Group, B-R-A-N-D-R. Uh, let's talk about the Herd Exchange first. Okay. There's a portal, I guess you could say, uh, where you can uh, get access to that. You have to get permission to access that. So you as an individual, you as a company, a group, whatever, you fill out the form and uh, they will get back to you and and say you've been approved, you know, set your login, your password, you get on there and you have access to the athletes from various different martial athletics programs that have signed up for this. You can message them. They can message you. Try to work out a deal directly to do uh, some nil opportunities. Yeah, it's
0: it's pretty cool. It's a pretty um pretty big database. So there, I don't know if it's every hurt athlete or if they kind of had to opt in. You know, like do you want to be a part of it or not? But um, you know, I was perusing because we of mm -hmm. course signed up. We wanted to be part of it and at least check it out and see if it was something that uh we felt like was good for not just us but good for our athletes sure 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 so i was pretty surprised to see that i think there was like over 400 martial athletes i think uh it's a pretty open type forum where you can approach them with a a deal a price point and what you would like to get done they can approach you say hey i'd like to be a part of that whatever but um you know we'll see how it goes moving forward, but it's just another avenue just outside of the Thunder Trust, which fo- most folks are probably most familiar with, which is Marshall's. I don't want to call it official, um, NIL organization, but it's the one that's like most locally tied. I would feel comfortable
1: saying that's a uh, good description, yeah,
0: yeah. It, so it, it's, um, we've got three NIL collective type things now i mean i guess the thundercut trust is the only collective technically but opportunities venues vehicles whatever you want to call it uh, but the herd exchange is pretty cool i i would i would recommend you at least sign up and see if you can gain access get approved to gain access to see if it's good for you or your business and uh you know see if you can work something out but nonetheless uh these opportunities are cool
1: secondly uh the brander group This allows, as I understand it, according to the article, uh, Marshall has given them uh, licensing for their logos and everything. And that means that through the Brander group, athletes can appear with those logos, those university logos on uh, merchandise, other different things. And uh, that leads to specifically, as you mentioned uh, earlier in that article, jerseys. Mm-hmm. for for athletes, uh, I think all of us have clamored for those over the years, hopefully accurate jerseys, you know um, but that is one thing, especially having the logos on there. Uh, it should look a lot more official than back in the day when I went to a screen printer and just had some laminate put over, you know uh, a jersey number that looked nothing like Marshall's jerseys. you right. know so yeah. um I think it's pretty cool and no matter what, we're, we're showing that as a university, we're not passing up these opportunities uh, in aisles here. It's not going away and we need to be a part of it and embrace it and do everything we can to make it beneficial for our athletes, which is only going to help our recruiting. And we're not just talking football and, and basketball here. We're talking every single sport. Just like you mentioned, you know, you can get on there if you want to go have one of our very cool softball players that you know we've we've just talked about them as a group. How it's uh, how they're so fun and everything. You know, go go throw some nil money at the softball players and jazz up your company with uh, with what they do. You know,
0: <laughs> I tell you what the the opportunity or the potential opportunity to buy player specific Marshall jerseys is going to be a big turn-on to a lot of fans. Now, they have to be done right, like you said. You can't give me a obvious knockoff. It's going to have to be pretty top-tier in order for a lot of fans to want to spend that money. Otherwise, yeah. why would they? But right. thinking football, baseball, basketball, women's sports, Olympic sports, any jersey that you want potentially as a possibility, I don't know that it will be. I'm just saying – They said it in the article, not me. We're not speculating on this. It says it in the article, which by the way is on herd zone. Uh, it just sounds like something that Marshall should have been able to do years ago in their own right. And, and I know NIL is a thing now that's its own animal, but I've long thought we should be able to walk into the cam Henderson center and get a Hal Greer Marshall Jersey or, Mm -hmm. you know, or a uh, J.R. Van Hoos Marshall Jersey, um, and the same with the 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 fan store over at the Joan. You should be able to walk in there on game day and get a Chad Pennington or a, or a Troy Brown or whoever the hell you want from way back when. If you want to rock a Chris Parker jersey, you should be able to do that. And maybe moving forward, we'll be we'll be able to get some infrastructure in place to where that makes sense for Marshall to do and for yeah uh, for the to be available for the fan base. But hey, any step's a good step right now.
1: That's right. Um. Uh, We also need to talk about number two, the new Twitter page for men's basketball. It's now at Herd underscore MBB. And uh, the reasoning for that, because when they came out, everyone kind of looked and said, wait, is this legit? Why are we doing this? And everyone was questioning, why are we doing this? Why are we doing this? Well, their hand was a little bit forced. Uh, Ryan Crisp of the Big Green um, put out a, a... uh, tweet answering directly, you know, uh, everyone that had asked and, uh, they'd been locked out of it. They can, uh, tweet through, I guess, tweet deck or whatever, but, um, uh, some of the features they could not do, they could not change the, uh, profile taglines and it still showed us a uh, member of conference USA. And, uh, man we would have done anything to get away from Ju- <laughs> Judy and conference USA including having to abandon a popular uh you know uh Twitter handle yeah. so uh it's not ideal, but what are you gonna do so just want to put that out there all of you who uh follow the herd basketball team on Twitter make sure that you follow i would i would not delete the old one they're just gonna not tweet from it but if they ever get it back there's no need to go back and try to follow it again just uh follow the new one you'll be following both and you'll not miss out on anything coming from herd basketball
0: yeah i think it's just a bad timing right with all the transition going on with twitter they couldn't get any um you know help From Twitter in reactivating or gaining access to that account and maybe they will once some things get stabilized with that company and the platform, then maybe they will be able to get some help from customer service or whatever the engineer whatever the heck it takes. But that's a bummer That's 16 almost 17,000 followers, it was a verified account and now they're starting over from scratch. At least from the time being, but yeah, I w- It sounds like a bad bet, but man, I would trade sixteen thousand and two hundred of my sixteen thousand five hundred or seven hundred followers to get away from Conference USA
1: too. Really though, really. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> really we're, though, we're we're not joking. You know, <laughs> uh, Judy, I know you're listening. We hate you. Uh, <laughs> all right, number three got some really cool ticket promos. Want to go over them? Then KD can chime in as well. Uh, first, let's talk about men's basketball. It's a uh, mini plan. Uh, It's called the Mac Pack, M-A-C. Select two home games against a Mac opponent at a price point above. One Mac Pack will get you one ticket to each game. Uh, Lower level chair backs, $70. Lower level bleachers, $50. Upper level chair backs, $20. So... Again, select two of those, and you've got November the 30th at 7 p.m., uh, the Akron Zips. December the 3rd at 5 p.m., the Ohio Bobcats. And December 17th at 3.30 p.m., the Toledo Rockets. So, you want to go to one of those games, I mean two of those games, get them a lot cheaper, and uh, you can do that at the ticket office. Just select the Mac Pack. Next one is kind of football, basketball, both. If you purchase to this Saturday's game a football sideline ticket at the $30 price point, you will receive a free ticket to the basketball game that night. Again, we're playing at noon on Saturday in football, and I believe it's 7 p.m. is when the uh, basketball game is at the Cam, And that'll be in the upper level free ticket if you're going to be in town, if you already live in town, planning on going to both, you're not a season ticket holder, take advantage of that because that will save you some coin. And, again, we're going to pack the Cam and pack the Jones. Uh,
0: yeah, that's, it, that's really cool. I want to chime in on those before you yeah. go any farther. Okay. I mean, you know, you know, not not a lot of folks get super excited. In fact, they, some get turned off about continually playing Mac teams. And mm-hmm. I get it. You know, it's the same old folks, but I, I get it. I get it. But at least Marshall's like, hey, we understand too. So we're gonna try to give you a little bit of break if you'll come check out both games. That's cool. You can't hate on that, right? I mean, right, you know, we're doing what we got to do right now. We've talked about the basketball schedule and how underwhelming it is, really. So they're trying to give back a little to the herd, the herd fan. <laughs> like, hey, come come pack the cam. These guys are they're starting to click, right? We talked about it. Um uh, in the last Around the Herd, what well, he had to sum up three games. Then last night there was a um, a big uh, scoring effort. Uh, I think Obena ended up with a double-double. Tavion was flirting with a triple-double. I don't think it came to fruition for him, but still, Marshall is really starting to click here a little bit. Uh, so there's a lot to be excited about. It looks like a high-energy team. Get out there and take advantage of that. And, and God knows you're going to go to the football game. You should. It's senior day an early kick yeah that's not ideal but still you're going to go to the game marshall's going to be staring down the barrel of moving to eight and four i mean in a in a last third of the season that was you know five weeks ago was pretty doom and gloom and now look where we're at so you got every reason to get your butt out there and go now all you got to do is catch a little late lunch early dinner and head to the camp i yeah. mean geez they're really making it uh, a saturday to remember there next saturday
1: yeah Final ticket promo of this uh, thing for the five things that we're going to talk about is it's football youth day. All members of a youth league team players and coaches receive a free ticket to the game. Family and friends can purchase a ticket to the game at uh herd tickets or whatever. It got cut off here on the promo photo, but uh, just call the box office, uh, get online, go to the box office, uh you can do that through herd zone you can do it through the herd zone app which we've been trying to tell everybody to download so uh get on there if you can't figure out where it is give them a call in the office and just say you know want to get some tickets for youth day
0: yeah generally they make that really easy like if if it's a promo code or something like that you i mean it's not going to be something crazy it would just be like youth you know yeah. i
1: mean they they weren't listed on the photos on here, and you know I don't want to spend three or four minutes looking around for them, but you should easily be able to find them. But if you can't, just call a representative one eight hundred the herd. They'll take care of you. They'll hook you up for sure. Number four, Grant Trailer is named associated uh, athletic associate athletic director of communications. Kind of taking over what Chuck did. Chuck Chill, Chuck McGill, for those who don't know who Chuck Chill is. And um, you don't know. Now, you know, <laughs> now, you know. <laughs> so I think that uh, from what I understand, there's some uh, going to be some new duties in there. There was a slight restructuring after uh, Chuck had left. Uh, that guy wore a lot of hats, man. Mm-hmm. So uh, but Grant has been around this program for a long time. Everyone is going to know who he is. He's done an amazing job. Um, with uh the local press so i think it was 15 years maybe i think uh, that's what what he said yeah that that he's been uh been doing this so um pretty seamless he's already a, a familiar face to just about everybody uh especially in and around the athletic department they've been seeing him for a long time so uh that will be our new director of communications
0: yeah, we mentioned this just real quick in passing on the uh, second episode of the week last week because it had broken that day, I think, yeah. and uh, we we needed to be able to talk about it a little bit more and give it its its thus its just uh, time to to discuss here. And this is this is a pretty solid move, I would imagine. You know, Grand has been like you said in and around the area for a long time. Uh, ridiculously familiar with martial athletics and, and the movers and shakers in those circles. So this is about as seamless as you could imagine. Um, uh, it, it's, it's, I wonder how he will handle answering the questions instead of asking the questions, you know, it's a different, a little bit of a different role for him, but I'm sure, I am sure he will thrive in the role. And uh, you know, th- you were right about Chuck having to wear so many hats and we just see this continual um morphing of the athletic department under Christian Spears as you know uh responsi responsibilities get reallocated and things just seem to be kind of evened out a little bit more across more folks, which man, I I don't know how Chuck did it for so long. I mean yeah. geez, there's only so many hours in a day and
1: yeah, he he
0: used them all. He used every damn one of them, <laughs> yeah. that's for sure. Yeah. So the, the uh, equally as happy for him to be able to take a little bit of a breath and and step back and um you know, start that next chapter when that rolls around. We've, we've talked about that a little bit. We're we're not breaking any news here, um, but we're just happy for him. And, and we're happy for the athletic department to, to, you know, get, get going things, get things going in a new, um, hopefully more efficient um, direction.
1: Yeah. And uh, congratulations to Grant. Uh, Again, you, you said it's probably going to be pretty seamless. All right. Number five, this would normally be something we're going to talk about in around the herd, but it's kind of too big to talk about, and we don't have an around the herd for this show. It'll be on the one in a day, maybe two days. So, uh, men's soccer is going to the Sweet Sixteen. Just happened earlier today. Uh, beat number four Virginia at home, obviously Virginia's home, not ours, and uh, ended in a one-one tie. And then the new rules that just went in place, they had two 10 minute over or extra time periods, uh, was still a one, one tie. After that went to place kicks, Marshall hit all five of theirs. Uh, the first one, Ollie Simla, uh, scored and then immediately walked back and tended goal. And, uh, he made sure that, uh, he was the wall as he always is. And that, pretty much sealed the deal. They had, if Marshall kicked out, they would win. So that's exactly what happened. They won five to three on penalty kicks.
0: Yep. There's, this is most definitely a thing. So around the herd be damned, we're moving on to the sweet 16. Uh, I was checking the uh, NCAA soccer Twitter timeline while you were uh, talking there and university of Kentucky also moved on. So that means, Hey, the Sunbelt conference has two of the final 16 teams uh, still, well, still kicking in this uh, mm-hmm. in this tournament, which just slams home the fact that Sunbelt Soccer is a for-real monster. But I don't care about the Cats right now, man. We're talking about the Herd. Uh, big, big win over UVA. I was watching that game, uh, and it was, you know, I, again, I can't watch soccer through a soccer player's eyes, but I was still having – you know, a great time watching those there, I still find myself on the edge of my seat, even though I really don't know what I'm looking at. And I'm not shy about saying that, but it's still cool. Uh, because, uh, you know, the, the herd went down and I thought, Oh man, you know, I know this, these games go, you can go what freaking 90 minutes without scoring a goal. And when you go down one to nothing, you're thinking, I hope it doesn't end here. And, um, you know, Matthew Bell made sure that it didn't end there. And then the penalty kicks was just really like nail-biting, of your seats type, type stuff, and our guys went up there with on a mission. And who better to close it out than Sunbelt Conference Player of the Year, Offensive Player of the Year. Um, Milo Yosef. Milo Yosef to, to send the herd to the Sweet 16, where they will face a rematch from a few years ago. In the Indiana Hoosiers, one of the power players of NCAA soccer for a long, long time. So I had to send the good natured tweet out to our buddies over at Homefield Apparel and, uh, you know, let them know. I hope they were ready because, you know, here we are locking horns once again in a uh, postseason battle. But man, this uh, herd soccer team is something to watch, man. You got to love them.
1: Yeah. And I'm looking here on the website right now. They don't have a, uh, time and date listed yet that I see for this, uh, we will 100% be putting that out. I thought do you, I saw do it. You see Let it? me
0: look. No, I saw it earlier. Okay. Let me see. Let me see if I can find it. Folks, hang in there. Uh, Marshall at Indiana men's soccer match announced to be Sunday, November 27th at 6.30 p.m. I can't speak to that as accurate, but that's the only thing I've seen so far
1: that had a date and time. And if that's not accurate, that will be the only mistake we ever make on this show. Ever. Ever. All right. Well, that wraps up our five things. Again, we normally talk about uh, results for athletics on uh, on Around the Herd. We're not doing that at the end of this show, but still, that's such a huge deal. <laughs> We're moving on that... Uh, That probably would have made our five things, even if we did have it around the herd.
0: Yeah. If we continue to move on, it's going to find its way into whatever episode is next. It doesn't matter uh, because, you know, after that early exit from the Sunbelt Conference tournament, things just could have went south and soured. And this proves that this team is a is a player and and they're here to accomplish something big and Being one of the final 16 teams standing is already pretty freaking sweet. That's why it's the sweet 16. And we ain't done yet, by golly. Let's keep on rolling. That's right. So, kick ass, five things. Uh, Some of you folks check in on some of these new NIL opportunities, see if they match your uh, business vision and and that sort of thing. But at least look at them. Uh, Some of them are pretty cool. We will continue, we, we have been talking, Russ and I have been talking about trying to get a more detailed look at the Thunder Trust, and that's something that we're working on. So um, we'll get more news to you about the Thunder Trust. We didn't want to just breeze past that like, oh yeah, we got that too. That's kind of a bigger um, a bigger segment that we're working on. so we'll we'll have more about that in the near future. But look, right now, we got to talk about this game that went down in Statesboro last night uh georgia southern and the herd 23 to 10 marshall wins pretty convincingly even though it's a 13 point win it was a convincing win marshall really in control from opening whistle to the final whistle bringing the herd to seven and four on the season four and three in the sunbelt conference uh here's your bullet points for this one russ number one bowl game guaranteed check it stamp it it's gonna happen uh Second bullet point, third place in the Sunbelt East Division all alone. Three games ago, we were in the cellar. Uh, First three-game win streak of 2022. I don't care how you slice that one, what this season has been from beginning to end, that's a big deal. And, of course, last but very, 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 very not least, 22 was on the field, ladies and gentlemen. Rasheena Ali took snaps, made runs, made cuts, 22 was on the field last night, and it was a work of art, honestly. Eight eight yards on the first carry. He touched the ball in 2022. We got visions of a Cam Fancher slash Rashin Ali slash Kalen Laburn combination in the backfield, and boy, oh, boy, if that's something that is uh, going to be more well-oiled <laughs> in, the, in the finale, yowza, this could be really, really fun to watch
1: and the bowl game. Yes, and the bowl game. Yes, yes. Because we've got uh, uh you know 6 days to prepare for the final home game, but then you've got maybe 15, 2 weeks, 15 practices is yeah. uh is what you're allowed, you know, so we might see some really cool things in the bowl game.
0: It sure could, man. So look, uh th- this is where I normally kick it to you and just get your overall synopsis of the game before we uh, dive through these stats and then uh, expand during the grading. So, good win for the herd. Let's let's just start there. So, what did you like about this one, real quick, before we get into some stats? And then we'll expand there when we get to uh, the grades.
1: I like just about everything. We're going to be talking about all this, but uh, you know, a very quick start for us with the uh, pass to a wide open EJ Horton, and uh, it just seemed like there was never any loss of control from that point forward. It was early, and then how we finished late. Again, we're going to talk about all that, but mm-hmm. it was just great. It was part. It's been a great week and a half of Marshall athletics. You know, from uh, the uh, couple of days before the last Saturday's game, Thursday and Friday, when uh, the volleyball team beat Arkansas State at home back to back. We've really just had their loss in the second round to South Alabama, every single other herd, uh, thing has been pretty much a hit Mm
0: -hmm. and,
1: uh, it was just part of a great day yesterday. So let's just talk about, I mean, I don't want to spoil anything, but let's just talk about everything that happened.
0: Yeah. The four major indicators, all big time in favor of the herd, uh i'm i'm feeling comfortable saying before i even get into this stuff this is at least the second game in a row well out where i felt marshall has played a better game than the week before as far as a complete ball game you know what i mean at Mm -hmm. least from an offensive standpoint uh there were some things that made me kind of tilt my head sideways during on the defense so you know like all of a sudden like this this passing georgia southern team's running the ball like crazy and we're not stopping that run, but uh, who cares? We we still won. It was just wild to see that. So let's talk about these indicators. Total yards for the herd: five hundred and twenty-nine versus three hundred and eighty-four for Georgia Southern. Time of possession. I told you, Russ, this one might be one where the herd goes plus ten, and man, they went almost plus fourteen. Thirty-six fifty-four for the herd. Twenty-three oh six. For Georgia Southern, first downs, favor the herd in a big way, 29 first downs for Marshall, 20 for Georgia Southern and turnovers, two, the herd get two and turn the ball over a grand total of zero times. Anytime you do that, sweep those indicators in that convincing of a fashion, you're probably going to win the game. Cam Fancher. What can you say about cam continues to develop and look better and better each week, 17 of 32 for 274 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions, 14 carries on the ground for 63 yards and another touchdown on the ground. My man just went in and outplayed Calvin Trees, one of the top passers in the NCAA this year. Rasheen Ali, 16 carries for 79 yards on the day. Kalen Labron, 17 carries for 70 yards on the day. EJ Horton, two catches for 76 yards and a touchdown. You mentioned the big 65 yarder to open up the game. And Shadid Ahmed, three catches for 45 yards and a touchdown. With a long of 33 on his touchdown reception. All in all, this herd—what a balanced attack! 255 total rush yards versus 274 total pass yards. Man, they could not like they Georgia Sutton did not have an answer for this herd offense. Ten of 19 on third down on the day for the herd, and again for the second straight week, an opening drive touchdown. Penalties, six, of, six for 63 yards. This is where it gets a little crappy, a little bit. We did have a touchdown called back because of a penalty and a big-time third-down conversion that was wiped out, which then resulted in a punt. So those two things, that kind of sucked. But but other than that, it was pretty good. And the, the herd stamps this one away, closing the game out basically with an 18-play 10-minute, 38-second drive that ultimately ended up in a turnover on downs, but it didn't matter. They they squirreled the clock away and put this game out of reach. Defensively, Eli Neal has the big day, 11 total tackles, five of those solo, two quarterback hurries, and a big INT on Kyle Vantrese. on Martin, eight tackles, five solo, and a tackle for loss. Owen Porter, seven tackles, three of those solo, one tackle for loss, and a sack impact plays Eli Neal's INT Porter's sack and add another sack by Abraham Boplan and just for good measure, get a fumble recovery by Damian Barber. Uh, this was a her defense that held one of the top passers in the country. Kyle Vantries to 205 yards through the air. They came in averaging 334 passing yards per game and forced that elusive interception from, from Van Trees. Two sacks on the day, which was another point of emphasis for us. We had said coming in they had five, only five allowed on the year. Only four of those were uh, on Van Trees, and the Herd got two. Scoreless second half by this Herd defense. They hold Georgia Southern 2 of 11 on third down, including an O out of 9 start. All great things. The, again, the only thing that pops up is how in the hell did we give up 150-some rushing yards where our, our, our season average was obliterated in the first quarter? But ultimately, doesn't matter because they couldn't do enough to get enough going to make any waves anywhere. Uh, Reese Verhoff, special teams-wise, one of one on field goal, knocks it in from 36 yards out, two of three on extra points, he mix, misses the first one of the day. John McConnell, six punts for a 39-yard average, lands four inside the 20, including one at the four and one at the three. Russ, this was an all-around pretty great game for the herd. Um, let's
1: revisit your keys to victory, shall we? We shall. And uh, they are good ones to revisit. Number one, I said, run wild. We did that. Yeah. yeah. So – Let's uh, just talk about, even though you already have a little bit, how wild we did run. We have um, Rashin Ali, 16 for 79. Laburn 17 for 70. Fancher, 14 for 63. Those alone are, let's see, 16, 47 carries. And we had 149, what is that, 212? I don't know. Yeah. I think it's 212. (laughs) Yeah. So, uh, 212 yards between our quarterback and our two running backs that are now a a big two headed monster in there. And then, oh, by the way, Ethan Payne, uh, five, uh, rushes for 28 yards. AJ Turner, only one rush, but he got nine yards. And even on a wide receiver run, Charles Montgomery got six. Uh, he was back in the, in the backfield for there. You know, I guess he would count as a, I don't know if that counts as a running back or a wide receiver. Who cares? We had 255 (laughs) yards, 4.7 average in the long. It wasn't like we were doing that on 70-yard runs and that just ran everything up. The long was a 19-yard run by Fancher. So we ran wild on them. I'm going to count that as a resounding yes.
0: Yeah, I guess you could get a little pissy and say, well, we didn't have anybody go over 100, but it didn't matter. It didn't matter. that The chains kept moving. I mean, we we came in and famously, I was like, this might be a game where Labron goes for 200. We had no idea Rasheen Ali was going to play at that point. Also, I said, well, well, this might be a game where crazy things happen and we have three guys get 100 yards. It could happen. Well, it didn't. So what? But we still rushed for 255 freaking yards. I think we did our job.
1: My next key was to win third down. Oh, yeah, we did that. 10 out of 19 on our side. That's a little over 52%, rounded up to 53. And on their side, you mentioned they were two of 11 uh, and over the get first one nine. Till, did not yeah. get
0: one till the fourth quarter.
1: Yeah. So uh, that is 18% for yeah. them. Uh, we definitely did that. We had talked about that being strength versus strength because they were 12th in the nation at converting almost 50% of the time, and they were over for their first nine two out of the end 18 a resounding yes on that one uh third was get to van trees we got two sacks on him they had five coming into this and it's a bad trend if i'm looking at theirs because that's two weeks in a row now that they've had two against them but who cares we said that would have to happen and mm-hmm. it did and we also uh Nearly got him five other times. We had five QB hurries to tack onto there, and a couple of them, I'm not sure how he got out of the end zone. Uh, he did, or not the end zone, out of out of the backfield from getting a sack. He did, and uh, we still gave him nothing, nothing the whole game, and that's just a. Uh, Just a good thing from our defensive line, our linebackers, and our defensive backs. I mean, they nothing was open. That gave us the time to go. We had a great pressure against them all game long. I kept wondering if we were ever going to get it, but Mm -hmm. we did, and then afterwards, not too long, we got our second one. So Mm -hmm. big resounding yes on that, all three of my keys to victory.
0: Uh, I was, of course, also all in on the run for my
1: number one, and yeah, we already checked that box.
0: Number two, I said we had to play sound pass defense, and I think we did that, holding one of the most lethal passing attacks in the country to a little above half of their normal per game output. So give it a big check mark there. Uh, fast start, yep. Second game in a row, you go down, and get a touchdown basically immediately. And number four, I said we had to grind, and I told you you could define that however you wanted. I don't think you have to define it any more then an 18-play, 10-and-a-half-minute drive to seal away that game in the fourth quarter when they thought, all right, we're down by 13, we got a shot here. Nope. Nope. Marshall Marshall just ground that game away. Hell of a grind, yeah. And So the only other thing I'll say is uh, I want to put a a little bit of context to your get-to-Van-Trees point, right? Because we think of that most of the time as get sacks, get hurries, get them off the spot, and I do that too. But I'd Mm -hmm. also like to point out that, yes, he accounted for an interception, which we mentioned, but he also fumbled the ball once. So he accounted for both of those turnovers. The herd was swarming Vantries all night long. So it was great to get a little revenge on him from that bowl game from a couple of years ago. They never let him get into a groove. He started to get into a little one there late in the game, but at that point it was too little too late. So – Uh, I think for the first time this season, both of us swept all of our keys to victory in this. That was great. Let's move to grades. All right. Uh, Quarterback, what do you got for Cam this week?
1: A-plus, man. A-plus. We talked about it a little bit on the post-game spaces that we did. By the way, anyone that's listening, we usually try to get there within around – a half hour or so after the the game's over. If you ever want to do it like it's a call-in show, but it's just a bunch of fans talking, feel free to call in and talk to us. But uh, anyway, his maturation has just been crazy good. Mm -hmm. It's an an accelerated uh, pace. And I think that... You agree with me, had we had a faster start to the uh and not as bad of a start with uh, that option offense that Coastal Carolina had, oh, yeah. we'd be we'd be staring at a 5 and 0 since Cam Fancher took over. Um uh, I I just loved everything about the touch on his passes that he had last night. I loved uh, his wheels, obviously. I loved more than anything his confidence, which just seems to be growing and growing and growing. I've always said, man, confidence and experience. And let's remind everybody one more time. He's a red shirt freshman and this is his fifth game because he came in in every single game we've had this year, but not to do this, you know, he came in to uh, be a red zone, uh, zone read option guy, or he came in in other games just to come in and run a little bit. He has not come in to do what he's been doing here. He led us down the field. He has led us on some great drives in these past two games, A-plus all around.
0: Yeah, it's getting um, to the point now to where you just start to expect those routine plays to be routine, you know, whereas before you were kind of just like, all right, are we going to hit this or are we not going to hit this? And it's now you just expect some of those plays that you're so used to seeing be successful, they're successful. And that's great. And I remember saying in the spaces last night, a game was so tight. You know, even though, you know, Marshall was basically in control, the scoring margin was not that big for a long time. So I thought, okay, you know, Cam's all, has been good for throwing one up. So I'm expecting that that'll happen at some point, And it never happened. That's it, right. It never happened. So this is the second game in a row. He's looked really, really good. The game is starting to get more and more polished. Second game in a row, he's only been sacked one time. So now it's 1-1-0 one, one, in the last three, a definite turnaround from what we were seeing early on in the season. Uh, his his ability to scramble just – it changes the game for this herd offense. It, it's not that it's a – It's not that it's game-changing in the fact that that's what we have to rely on. It's just one more element that weakens a defense. And it's really great that he's turned into a true dual-threat quarterback now with a more polished pass game and the ability to to just take off.
1: So just to wrap up this segment on why it's an A-plus, he accounted for 337 yards in all three of our touchdowns.
0: Yep, sure did. What more can you ask from a guy, right? Eight
1: touchdowns.
0: If, yeah, if you come into a game and say, Hey, if my quarterback gets me, you know, 225 yards, two touchdowns, 50 yards on the ground, and another touchdown, you'll take that in every freaking game and no turnovers. You'll take it in every game, everyone. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So, what about this uh, offense this week?
1: You know, I'm going to go with an A minus and penalties again are our only major uh, drawback. We uh, took back a touchdown. And uh, you mentioned that pass to damage, which uh, was a first down, put us in the red zone uh, on the 14. So we were looking at first and 10 from the 14, going down to hopefully get our second score of the game. And had a penalty on uh, Sartor. And uh, then later we had a penalty on Driscoll that called back that uh, um, touchdown to Ahmed. And that's only hiccups. What can you say about putting up 529 yards? What can you say about having zero turnovers, only allowing one sack, um being up by 13 points and going on an 18 play over 10 and a half minute drive to ice the game? Yeah. What can you say besides man, let's let's clip these penalties. We've been talking about it, you know, they're gonna happen. You know, nobody's sitting here gonna say we're gonna play penalty free football. Uh, according to that announcer, we hold on every play. So, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was calling
0: yeah. holding calls just for the hell of it, I guess.
1: <laughs> yeah. So, uh, you know, joking aside, that that was our minor minor hiccup. But you know, in some of these games, we might not be able to afford having a uh, first down called back and a touchdown called back. Yeah. This one,
0: we were definitely not touchdowns called back i mean i can right. deal with having a first down wiped out and having to punt i mean i can deal with that but this is not the first time that we've had a a touchdown wiped off of the board because mm-hmm. of, of a of a penalty and man it's just it it just it sucks you know it just sucks and and i get it they those guys nobody feels as bad as they do, 100 oh, yeah. percent. But it still sucks. <laughs> it sucks. But this offense was really great uh, tonight uh, or last night. um I, For all the folks that hang on every play, every play. If it doesn't get a first down, every play, and you're like, oh, here we go again, man. Like take the take the broad strokes view and just look back. Like you were saying, here we go again. Two plays into the game, and we finish with over five hundred yards of offense. And uh, this young quarterback just continues to get better and better and better. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't know what if if this kind of stuff doesn't please you, then you're just unpleasable.
1: One of one other thing that I want to say because I mentioned them by name that they got these penalties in Sartor and uh, Driscoll. They were also a major part of why we were an A minus uh, and not like a C or a B. Because they helped us get those 529 yards. They they helped protect Cam. So I'm not beating up on anybody. I use their name because that's a fact of what happened. The same as I would say Ahmed was the guy that caught the touchdown and it got wiped out. has nothing to do with uh, calling anyone out. I just always, we're not about that. No, no, it's,
0: it just is, is that's what it was. It was, you know, they they know
1: who they are. They know what they did. Yeah. And, and you mentioned it, man, they are beating themselves up way more than the fans ever will. And I just wished all the fans would understand that these guys are going out there and busting their asses for us and for the, the alma mater that we love so much. Yeah.
0: I, I am just now at the point where I'm like, I'm just appreciating, you know, kind of what we see every week. It, it seems to be a little bit something new to the game, a little bit something added. And, I mean, how do you not get pumped up about a return of Rashina Ali, which we've been waiting on all season long? I mean, what a different animal this run game could potentially be. Yeah. And if I'm not mistaken, we even saw the debut. I mean, if it wasn't the debut, it was definitely the first reception of the season for young Brian Robinson from the receiving core.
1: It 100% was. I think that might have been his first game even. Uh, but he uh caught one for uh fifteen. I think he was targeted twice, maybe. Um, uh, one was out of his reach. Uh, also saw, and I this is not on the offense, but uh speaking of people being in, I uh, saw Jacoby Henderson in yep. there, and I think that might have been his, unless he's been on some special teams that I've missed. Uh, I saw him in there on uh on the field, and I made note of that as well. Yeah,
0: lot so several guys. Either getting their first action or getting uh, some s- s- some beginnings of some more regular action, but still here mm-hmm. we are. It's just the past couple games of the year. You know, you you get this one, you get a next one, you get a bowl game, so you still potentially staring down the barrel of saving that red shirt. This is a great time if you can get them in now and get some of those reps. This is this is good stuff. What do you got for this uh, defense this week?
1: A plus. Uh, I. I'm I'm not going to beat them up over over the uh runs uh that they gave up. Uh it would be easy to do so, but I just want to say that they held this 34 point a game offense to only 10, 10 points. points. Nothing in the entire second half and I mean they were just dominant like they always have been. Yeah, they gave up some rushing yards. They bent. They didn't break. They gave up one measly touchdown. Um, I I can't say enough about this defense. So, fellas, you're not getting an A minus. You're not getting just an A. You're getting an A plus. Who cares if Jalen White had some big runs? Uh, he had a couple of uh, runs that ran up the uh, the yardage total there. Uh, had a couple of missed tackles to allow that to happen, but you know what? Screw it. A plus. Yeah, all I know is I got to
0: uh see a really smothering performance, a quarterback that was under duress mm-hmm. most of the night. Uh, they created two turnovers off of that dude, and the six shooter got busted out. That's they did. I mean, what else do you want in a in a game? I mean, geez. Uh, special teams. What do you got?
1: I'm going to go with a, uh, a B, can't miss uh, the extra point, just the same way you can't have uh, the um, – can't have – well, no, uh, B+. plus, But you still – you can't have the uh, the holding penalties on the offense. You can't have missed extra point. We did not miss the the field goal. We had some really good punts, uh, four inside the 20. You mentioned one at the four, one at the three. Uh no mistakes, but sometimes you can't miss the extra point because it could be that one point that you need.
0: Yeah. And with a team that's not built right now to score in those 40s, mm-hmm. Marshall Marshall has yet to eclipse uh you know 30 in an FBS game. So you know what I'm saying? You, you need everyone you got an opportunity to get. So, it, it, it though, even though it wasn't a huge deal in this one, and Reese knows, you know, it's not like he's like, yeah, I'm going to miss this one for the hell of it. We'll make this game more interesting. We get it. We get it. It's cool. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's an overall good grade. I, I see now that this uh, – one thing I will mention about the special team thing, it really looks like the punt return is an influx situation. Steven yeah. Gilmore back receiving punts this week. Last week it was McMillan. You know, now that uh, Keaton has been injured and and will not be taking punts for the remainder of the season, it'll be interesting to see who does that. Uh, you know, Andre Sam had done it a couple of times, and he's kind of dinged up too. So, yeah, if Gilmore's the guy going forward, I'm kind of cool with that. I, I think he, he sure, did he did really well. Yeah, yeah, he he had himself an 11 yard return. So, uh, it's just something to keep an eye on, I guess. You know, who will be back there next? Um, but overall, pretty good grade. What do you got for these coaches?
1: A plus man. Uh they had a game plan and wow, 10 and a half minutes <laughs> at the end of the game. I mean, you no one goes in there and goes, "Okay, here's what we're going to do. We're going to put an 11-minute drive for the rest of this game." You know, run the 11-minute drive plays, yeah. you know, uh it's up to the players to execute. But they had a game plan. They took it to this high-powered uh air raid offense. You kept saying If they're not air raid, they're at are
0: right there. (laughs) They're right
1: there. Well, the announcers, the Homer announcers that they had kept saying air raid. So I'm going to say air raid. We took this air raid offense and we had a game plan. We disrupted them on everything. They were coming in, getting near 50 yard or 50% of the time, uh, third down conversions. And uh, we had the team ready to go. Um, I loved how they did not leak out that uh, Ali was back. Mm-hmm. You know, um it, it's we we never claim to be insiders. Obviously, if we were insiders, we would be on here saying, "Well, we broke it earlier this week that Rasheen Ali was out. We're not pretending that we knew I knew the morning of the game that he was on the plane from the day before, And that was like, I don't know, seventeen hours or or so after that plane ride. Mm-hmm. And it was just kept a very good secret. And I didn't think that it 100% meant that he was going to be playing. He just was traveling with the team, and I thought, well, man, that's great. You know, love to see him. They did everything right. They they had the team prepared. They kept Ali uh, a secret. They came out. They just took it to this Georgia Southern team, and they didn't they didn't turn off anything in my opinion they did exactly what they needed I didn't need another touchdown there you know to to ice this game I thought it was even better and you know much more demoralizing than putting another spot on the board was going for a 10 and a half minute drive at the end of the game just say yeah we can do that (laughs) I mean yeah it would have been great to have that capped off with
0: a touchdown but it gets a fourth-and-three play or a fourth-and-two play, and they're like, you know what, we're up by 13. Yeah. Like, it, something's really going to have to go really, really wrong for us to lose this game yeah. in in this short amount of time. I was vastly impressed by that 18-play drive. I can't remember seeing that in, in a long, long time, uh, especially for to the tune of ten and a half minutes. I mean, you, ba- you basically just – Ice the quarter away. You're like, yeah, yeah we, we got this. This, one, this one's a wrap. No, you're right. They had a game plan that executed that game plan. I said going in that uh, there was probably a little bit of uh, motivation by Lance Gidry to prove that he is one of the finest coordinators in the Sunbelt Conference. And we mentioned that Georgia Southern uh, offensive coordinator Brian Ellis made that Broyles Award semifinalist list, and Gidry was not included. And we see in this game who, you know, was the – better coordinator, nothing again against Brian Ellis, but we had our guys charged up and totally basically neutralized that passing yep. attack that had lit a lot of people up all season long. So a lot of shine going on Lance Gidry and those guys. Um, and one more note about you saying, you know, we we didn't say anything about Ali playing. I would rather not say that stuff and have it happen and, and be able to enjoy it rather than say, oh, the, this is going to happen and then be wrong you know oh, cuz yeah. that's that's just like what are we doing here we're not we're not headline grabbers we're not you know what i mean this is this is uh i i think it's amazing in the social media age that that didn't leak out 3 days ago you know that's right yeah pretty amazing but what do you got for the um fans this in this one
1: uh a to a plus um uh, i've seen a couple of knuckleheads you know saying things like uh well, it's about time or something. Yeah, shut up. You know, at me if you want to. It's uh only one s at r u s l i v i n g o o d. Uh, you know, come at me. But uh, all around, man, everybody was just like one pumped that Ali was back. Two, yep. uh, pumped that Fancher has uh, taken that next step. Uh, everyone was just pumped that we're getting a bowl three wins in a row uh turned the season around. I didn't think any, not me, but this is their quotes. I didn't think that was possible, you know, three games ago, four games ago, all this different stuff. So it was just great to see that some of the people have come off that ledge that they had been put on because we had a couple of bad luck losses and uh, underperformance leading to loss that uh some people had abandoned ship and, I haven't heard from some of those people in a while. And I've also seen some people that had abandoned ship come back on and say, hey, we're great again. You know, so <laughs> A plus to A, somewhere in that range. couple of
0: notes. Uh, some folks were saying uh, from Georgia Southern how they had interacted with some herd fans that made the trip and how great they were. Shocker. How great right. herd fans are. Um, how nice and hospitable they are. Shocker. You yeah, know, it's kind of just what we do. Uh, secondly, you talk to one of these guys every week and I wasn't on a ledge and I hadn't abandoned ship, but I just was having a hard time visualizing where all the wins were going to come from. And it wasn't because we necessarily had some hard luck losses. It was, we had a complete question mark at quarterback, right? We didn't know what Cam was going to be. It just so happens that he's the positive side of that coin and has just gotten better and better and better every week and has really honestly led us to victories uh, both through the air and on the ground and, and is, you know, helped along by a stellar defense. Mm-hmm. So the, the justification I believe was okay. I mean, I wasn't wrong, but you know, uh, I was wrong about what this team would turn into in a month. I'll say that because they are much better than I thought they were going to be. Some of these teams Uh, let you use the term against Louisiana uh, going into that game, paper tiger, maybe Mm -hmm. some of these teams are that, you know, we thought they were better also than they are actually, than they actually are. Marshall's just a better team than app state right now. Marshall's a better team than Georgia Southern right now. So, you know, it's, it's a little bit of both and I'm just, I'm just, I'm happy to be wrong. I've said that many, many times about a lot of stuff. I am thrilled. To be wrong. I'm thrilled to be sitting here at seven and four uh, with the potential to be nine and four and bringing, you know, right back on the table a nine win season that we both predicted, you know, way back before we even entered into week one. I mean, I would, I just did not think that was going to
1: be a possibility. To clarify on that though, because I'm all about uh, being factual. I had, mm-hmm. it and you had them at nine and three, which mm-hmm. is still, still impossible. You know, we were talking about nine and three plus going to a bowl. Yeah. Uh, but I get what you're saying and I agree with what you're saying. And yeah. I also, uh, after last week's win, I said we were much more likely to finish eight and four than we would six and six that I had us either at uh, eight and four or seven and five. And We're not guaranteed to finish eight and four and not guaranteed to win a bowl, of course, to go nine and four, but with Ali being back and with what we've seen out of this defense and what we have seen out of our offense now with being able to throw downfield and these other routes and having the wheels to, to extend uh, plays and things like that. God help whatever team we draw for a bowl. (laughs) That's all I'll say. Well, let's breeze through these last three here.
0: Uh, who's your offensive MVP for the week?
1: Man, is it <laughs> gotta go with Cam Fancher, man? Be, I mean, man. I mean, what who else? I mean, uh, yeah, Ali came back and he showed us, you know, some glimpses of uh that burst and that drive and everything. Uh but it it's Fancher, you know, yeah, it's 200, 200, 274 be. through the air, sixty-three on the ground, all three touchdowns. Cam Fancher. and no turnovers. Yeah, you don't lose Cam Defensive MVP. Who's the man? Eli Neal. Nice. He uh, yeah, he uh had eleven tackles. I can't remember how many solo. Five, uh, I have. Yeah, he uh had that uh, that interception, uh, and just an all around, all over the field kind of day for him, amongst a bunch of people that had. You know, they just as a collective you know we used collective when we were talking about NIL and and things like that now we're talking about this defensive unit as a collective week in week out they can be defensive player of the game as a unit because of how they complement each other but Eli Neal stood out in this one to get player of the game for me
0: and let's not get lost on the fact that we are down guys on this defense yeah, Isaiah Norman has out been out for several weeks. Uh, Sam has been dinged up, so that's the entire starting safeties not contributing currently. You know, yeah. and still these guys are like no big deal. Now think about a scenario where you get those guys back. Where this this defense is just an animal. I mean, they are a, a machine. They don't. Yeah, I, they just don't have a seeming weakness that they, and- that a team can sustain against them
1: to piggyback let's not forget that only these last two games Dayton Smith has been able to play because he's been out most of the year mm-hmm. and uh we missed maybe the first 5 games of Taiquez legs yep. and he's just been a force since he's been in so um yeah it's this is a crazy good defense <laughs> uh don't know what, what else they could do that would shock me, but they're going to do something next week that will shock me. Yeah, it'll be
0: like a three uh,
1: defensive touchdown performance next week or something they, like that. They'll, they'll hold the team to negative 80 yards or something. <laughs> <you know? laughs> to make up for this week? Like, wait a yeah. minute, wait a minute. Yeah. We don't know what happened. Who's your special teams guy this week? McConnell. Four punts uh, in, out of his six. Four of them were inside the 20. I can't recall if the other ones were from areas that had a chance to be inside the 20. Uh, just cannot recall offhand. I'm not going to go back and try to look at it real quick. But uh, anytime you're getting four inside the 21 on the three, one on the four on a defense like we're just yeah. talking about here. I mean, you're basically setting up not only uh a good effort from your defense, but it's likely that you're setting up your offense to go in and score. Yep. You're setting them up
0: on a short field. And if nothing else, if nothing else, you're setting up just to eat some clock away. I mean, he's a great weapon to have alongside this defense. Final thoughts on the day before we close this one out.
1: Well, I predicted 34 to 21. It was a 13 point victory. Something must've been up with my uh, crystal ball. We won by 13, but I was just a little bit off on the, on the scores. Um, I did see us coming in there and putting up a great defensive effort. Things changed a little bit for me with that news that, uh, if you recall, we were talking about why the line shifted, and Mm -hmm. I just happened across. I don't know why we had not seen that, that their uh, wide receiver was out. It had not been talked about by anyone, and uh, that was kind of big, but... Man, they could have put Jerry Rice in there, and I don't think they would have been able to overcome this defense. So, great victory. Uh, we're going to build on it, and we're going to take the next Georgia team down next.
0: Yeah, I, the only thing I really got to say is I'd say the line moved a little bit because somebody somewhere realized that Rasheen Ali was coming back and Burgess was going to be out. So, that's two major swings in opposite directions that would sway the point total in this game, and it did. And let's not forget, a touchdown was taken off the board. So you were you were still pretty right in your thought process. Moving forward, it's Senior Day for the Herd. Uh, we'll see how many of those guys make the march out for Senior Day ceremonies against Georgia State. And we are staring down the barrel of that Ali, Cam, Labern backfield that we've all been longing for, and we might see it in full show against the Georgia State Panthers. How do they – how must they feel thinking, all right, we've already got to go against this Kalen Laburn guy who's lighting up the country. Now this Cam Fancher guy who's coming on like gangbusters the last six weeks. We're beat up a little bit just from the regular normal rigors of the season. This is the final game of the year. Everybody's playing hurt. Oh, and now we get to face an All-American that's got 17 carries on the year uh, with the freshest of fresh legs. Do not envy those guys, but that's why Good I look. That's why I wear Kelly Green. <laughs> also, noted, we'll talk about this in the preview here in a couple of days, but I got to say it now because it's right here in front of us and I need people to know about it. With a herd win and a James Madison loss to Coastal Carolina, Marshall's in sole possession of second place in the Sunbelt Conference East Division. And if you would have said that five games ago, you, when we were in the bottom of the division to climb all the way up to second place, That's amazing. That'll be an amazing finish. Now, yeah, we'll finish in a technical tie record-wise with James Madison, but we beat them, so we own the tiebreaker. So that position is all ours. If they lose to Coastal Carolina, the Grayson mccullough Coastal Carolina, and and, um, the Herd beats Georgia State. So still, any way you slice it, that is going to be an awesome, awesome climb to close out the season. Russ, any final words whatsoever on this
1: episode? If not, you can take us out of here. I'm just going to, one more time for the benefit of everyone on video, check out the Herd Nation Park. You can find that at um, part of this partofthiscompletebreakfast.threadless.com For those of you on audio, you can't see the shirt, we'll uh, put out a photo of it and uh, a link to that on Twitter and Facebook. That way you can click on there and go check out all the things they have for Marshall. Now, as usual, whether you see us at the Joan, whether you see us at the Cam, whether you see us fanboying out because Rasheen Ali is back, <laughs> baby, no matter where you see us, we're going to be saying, go herd. Go herd. It's the Thundercast. We'll see you in a couple days to get
0: you right before that Georgia State game. In case you're traveling out of town and you need something cool to listen to, it's the Thundercast.
1: Later.